Welcome today to the Sports Dojo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carr. Um, today, I have with me Andrew Sutton. He is a uh, radio personality in North Battleford. Am I correct in saying that? Nailed it. All right. Awesome. And Joseph Bernacki, a uh, fellow University of Regina Journalism School graduate, uh, currently situated in Winnipeg. Good to be here, Jake. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Um, just to start off our show today, I just wanted to get the fellas' thoughts um, worked out nicely that we have both of them on the podcast today. Um, Andrew being a Dallas Cowboys fan and Joe a Minnesota Vikings fan, those two teams squared off uh, yesterday afternoon in the late window um, with the Cowboys uh, pulling out uh, somewhat of an upset, I guess. Um, most people probably would have picked the Vikes. Just wanted to get your uh, guys' thoughts on the on on that result fire away joseph oh you want me to start and take fire the away <laughs> it was uh it was a tough game for me to watch um for those listening and i'm i've been a big minnesota vikings fan for about a decade now i've been following the team since brett Favre took over towards the tail end of his career um last night's game or yesterday afternoon's game rather was it was tough to watch um i thought my vikings had a chance to get back to 500 on the year and um, potentially make a playoff run for the wildcard standings. And um, they got off to a slow start. I thought there was a questionable hit on Cousins, helmet to helmet. And that kind of derailed them a little bit. They spotted Dallas six points. And they came back and scored a nice touchdown with Dalvin Cook. Then it seemed to be a bit of a shootout for the rest of the game. And Cousins turned it on in the third quarter, hooking up with Thielen a couple times. It was nice. To, it was great to see Thielen pass uh, Randy Moss's statistic for, um, for um, touchdowns, a number of touchdowns uh, through 10 games um, with the Minnesota Vikings. He got 11 uh, over Randy Moss's 10. So that was a nice little statistic. But uh, And then in the fourth quarter, my Vikings defense, as it has been all year, it's been like Swiss cheese, you know, uh, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't stop much. And I kind of felt like it was going to come down to who had the ball last. And I mean, my Vikings did have a chance to, I was hoping at least force overtime. I mean, you had 90 seconds with, with one timeout, but uh, Kirk cousins in, in late moments, isn't your best option at QB. And I know Justin Jefferson dropped a pass that would have probably got them the first down to keep the chains moving, but I can't blame the L on, on him. It's um You've got guys coming out of the crowd to play for the Vikings defense. It's been a really tough year for them. Um, and kudos to Dallas, you know, as much as I <laughs> hate to say that. They got a couple of options at running back. Tony Pollard looks like uh, he could be really fighting for a shot to uh, stick with the team. And uh, Andy Dalton's a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. And who knows, in the NFC least, as we like to say, at 3-7, and seven, you got a favorable schedule coming up. Uh, they got a shot at the division. I said that last night to the fellows here. So we'll see what happens. How, how about them Cowboys, though? Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. I like your take, Joe, though. Honestly, <laughs> I, I got a little bit worried because our defense is Swiss cheese. You guys have the number one running back in the league by far. It's not even close. Derrick Henry is a monster. 
but Dalvin Cook can eat you alive. It's just nuts how quick he is off off the uh, line. Uh, I think for my – the Cowboys really needed this game to prove to everyone that, listen, we're not slouches. We've had a couple of bad breaks. We, and you talked about injuries, man. That defense has been riddled with injuries all year. We haven't had a starting safety. It looks like that's changed with Wilson in the lineup now. Uh, he was an absolute beast yesterday. He ate yesterday. He, uh, you know, made that huge play on on Cousins. And I'm not going to disagree with you. It could have it could have been a helmet hit. But the thing is, in that aspect, Cousins is now ducking down, and you're already committed to the tackle. That's where my problem is with this rule. Is that you know, like if uh, if I'm if I'm a defensive back and I'm going to go for the hit, and the quarterback then drops down, well then I mean I'm already in the act of trying to make the tackle. I I don't I think it's the right call to make the 15 yarder because it's you know throughout the year it's been just so inconsistent. But in that aspect, I agree with you, Joe. It should have been 15 yards, but nonetheless, Cowboys get it. And I like that you said that the Cowboys got six off the get-go. Dude, do you know how long it's been since I've seen a touchdown? <laughs> it's been <Yeah. laughs> it's been abysmal, bro. We can't move the ball. We've had that problem all year. We could be in the red zone, but the efficiency is the last in the NFC. It's the last in the NFL. So I was like, if they want to really make a stand here, they really, like, you got two great defensive plays back-to-back. You really need to make sure that you capitalize on this. Just an uh, easy little pattern to Zeke. Zeke scores, which is huge for not only Andy Dalton, but Zeke's confidence. Because let's face it, he is a shell of his former self right now. He really is. It's the first game that he's gone over 100 yards rushing all year. Let that sink in. Ezekiel Elliott, who is a monster, only had his first 100-yard game yesterday. Uh, Minnesota, like you said, you know, didn't help themselves yesterday at all. That defense doesn't have a lot of names to it. You know, they've kind of been rotating guys in and out. But they took dumb penalties when it mattered the most. Like some really, oh, sure. some really bad time penalties. I mean, uh, I can I know the drive that Lamb got the touchdown. There was a couple of you know, uh, was it a roughing the passer call, or was I, it the, uh, the chop block? The chop block. It was the chop block. Yeah, which is yeah. an automatic fifteen yards, and the Cowboys were driving already. So like, I mean, you're giving you're giving Andy Dalton, who's a veteran to the league, some time. You're you're giving him some you know decent yardage to start off with, and I mean. Watching that game last night, my biggest concern, again, was how do you stop Adam Thielen and Mr. Cook? Because Cook just cooks, man. That's what he does, right? He's the chef, baby, and he's the best running back in the NFL. I will pump his, I'll pump his tires all day. If he stays healthy, he's going to shatter Vikings records. I just, I'm going to go out that, and I know AP's the man, but he might he do passed, it. He, pa- he passed a, uh, for scrimmage yards. Uh, he passed Adrian Peterson's record that he set in 2012, I think, I can't remember uh, 746 yards, something like that. I can't remember the statistics. He's just but anything he does is sure. good. He knows how to read holes, and he's he's very good at it. Um, Adam Thielen got open a couple times, which really started to concern me. And then typical uh, cow the Cowboys balled out on defense in the first half. They really really played well, and then the second half came in. And I don't know if it's because they've never had a lead this year. But again, it's just like you cue the collapse, and it's almost like on time that you see it happen. Cousins drives the field, looks like an all-star, which blew my mind. And I'm like, usually in these kind of games, this is where Kirk Cousins struggles. And he he was good last night, man. He was he was solid throughout. And uh, yeah, I just my my biggest takeaway is that the defense got the timely stops, and for the first time in NFL history, you're going to see a Dalton to Dalton connection for a game winner. Dalton Schultz from Andy Dalton. And you know he was he was connecting with Amari Cooper throughout the night, uh, and and that was that was interesting to see because 
I mean, it was it was getting them enough yards that they needed to get back in the red zone, and then you could have Zeke run it in, or they definitely had a few options there. Uh, and like I said, you guys got something with Tony Pollard right now. I don't know if enough people are paying attention to this kid, but uh, well, he makes Tony Pollard makes if you were to be the Cowboys, and maybe that you're looking at the situation they're in now with the injuries and stuff like that. Maybe you trade Zeke for a defensive piece. That's just a hot take. You don't you you never know, but you like you said, Tony Pollard has really come along, and that means that you could potentially move. Well, I don't know how much money Zeke's making a year. I think it's like nineteen or twenty million dollars a year. But you could move that off your books, you know. And like you said today, like it's it's absolutely crazy to think that the Cowboys are three and seven and have the fourth best overall or the fourth round pick right now, and also are in the shot of being in the playoffs. It's bizarre in the NFC least. So uh, I I don't know, man. I, I, it's interesting because the, the Cowboys now move on to Washington. And if you beat Washington, you're now first in the div. And I'm sorry to Jake, but your Eagles are dog shit, dude. So God knows what's going to happen in this division, man. Yeah, no, I uh, I was telling the guys last night, I honestly, I, I don't. Obviously, there's no love lost between Cowboys and Eagles, but it's like, I don't think anyone that's from this division, least of all the Eagles, are going anywhere in the playoffs. So it's like, you know. I, You'll play I a almost, game and get eliminated. Yeah, I'd almost yeah. see that you guys can have it. Um, we'll we'll tank for a draft pick. Um, I was telling Dylan Iris, is our buddy, he's a big Eagles fan too. Um, you know, we have a five-game murder stretch right now. We just played the Browns. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. We have the Seahawks next. We have the Packers. We have the Cardinals. And there's another team I can't remember that's, like, really good too. You have teams um, all so above like, 500. Yeah, we're going 0-5 in these next five games. And just at that point, like, put Jalen Hurts in, tank the season. We're not going anywhere. So, I feel we'll so see. I feel so bad for you guys too because, like, listen, I'm not going to shit on the Eagles. I like Carson Wentz a lot. I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. And I was too, but just injuries have plagued his career. He looks like a shell of himself back, what, 2017, 2018 when he had that incredible rookie year? 2017, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad to see, man, because you're literally seeing him die out before your eyes. And, like, it just doesn't seem... I feel like he, once he got that rib injury that really took away from who he is because he loves to throw that deep ball and he loves to have guys that are out there. And let's face it, he's also been at the mercy of not having talent. You know, like, Alshon Jeffrey was hurt to start the year. Zach Ertz has been in and out of the lineup. Dallas Goddard's been in and out of the lineup. You have, uh, pro, like, it's just Jalen Rieger's played, like, what, three games? Like, just so many unfortunate injuries that have really plagued Carson Wentz and the ability for him to be a playmaker. But at the same time, you look at that stupid boneheaded pass last night. Like, it's a, it's literally a, a flick pass, and you threw it 15 yards in the air and got picked. I understand there was some pressure there, but take the and ball here down. Comes- here comes Taki Taki for the pick six. And... Right. And like all you had to do was literally take that's the difference between Carson Wentz and 17. He knew that he had to take that sack. You know, like take it, hold the ball, know that you get the possession, kick it away. Don't give up points, especially that early in the game. And then you make a boneheaded flabbergasted play like that. I'm just like, Carson Wentz, man, what is going on with you? Yeah, I just think his his confidence is shot and his IQ, like he's just gotta be better. He's always trying to be the hero play, and it's just like just take the take the loss. You don't have to score a touchdown every play, but he. But it he's says not something like that. It says something right now to me that like, so they made the decision to bench Wentz essentially and put in Jalen. And I think now when people look back at that trade or that that draft, and they're like, "Why well, the fuck did they take Jalen Hurts so early?" Now you know why, folks, because I feel like Doug Peterson definitely knew something that we didn't. 
yeah, and that's why know. a decision was made there. It's just a matter of when he pulls the plug, and you got to wonder has to be uh, this week. why he hasn't done that already. It has to be this week. Like it, and and I'm not saying that just because I, I I honestly I want to see the Eagles compete in games. The NFC is a joke. The NFC East is an absolute joke. If this te- if it can be competitive towards the end of the season, at least people go okay. Well, remember the bad start. So there was some good, you know. And I really want to see the Eagles and Cowboys pull this out and, and make it, you know, at least somewhat competitive going into the stretch. But at the same time, Carson Wentz's inability to run an offense clearly has shown all year. You know, Travis Fulgham, you have an absolute stud in him, and you just completely forgot about him. Yeah, like, and then, yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, and like. Come back and done and nothing. If there was a time where it's kind of like the Tua situation in Miami. Now, I understand he got benched last night. That doesn't matter. They still won four in a row. Where it goes, okay, well, Fitz is good, but we're three and three. We're middle of the pack. We still have a chance at this division. We drafted this kid for a reason, so let's put Tua in. Tua goes in and he's been shining. Had a bad game yesterday. It's going to happen. Didn't, this, uh, actually, didn't Denver hold on to beat uh, the Dolphins? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm it's... saying. But he was on a four-game winning streak until that point. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so like, it's one of those things where it goes, okay, well, you know, you're gonna have a bad game. You're a rookie. It's gonna happen. But Jalen Hurts needs to get into this lineup to figure out what they have there because either he he lights it up in the next five games and plays, you know, maybe he goes two and three or three and two plays consistently. They could go zero and five. It really doesn't matter at this point, like Jake alluded to. But at least you see what you have there. So if you have to move on from Carson Wentz, people can be like, all right, well. Looks like Hertz is a guy. Looks like Wentz is available. You gonna tell me a team like Cleveland isn't gonna take a shot on Carson Wentz? Come on. Yeah, there's there's probably a few struggling teams. It's just the uh, the monster contract is the only. It's yeah, it's a killer. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, switch gears a bit here to our fantasy football league. Um, Mr. Bernanke might uh, not have got the win for his Vikings this week, but he did defeat Andrew in 38-7 uh, <laughs> league. Fucking bad. Um, <laughs> putting an end, this puts an end to Joe's four-game uh, losing streak, so good to get back off the schneid. Um, how'd, how'd your team get it done this week, Joe? You know, uh, well, I mean, uh, the Vikings-Cowboys game certainly helped quite a bit. I mean, um, I was looking at my QB situation, and I've, I've had four QBs for... Uh, couple weeks now i know andrew wants to uh poach one of those off yes of me. i do <laughs> but uh so i had breeze of course he just suffered a massive injury so i couldn't play him this week uh against the falcons so i looked and i thought well okay is the raiders defense going to be ready in time to face off against kansas city uh if they're not then i i probably won't start Derek carr uh, i didn't feel super confident about Carr this week going against uh kansas city so i thought Okay, Cousins has got a favorable matchup against Dallas, so I'll throw him in. I've had Thielen in every game this season um, that I can, and the two of them put up uh, 60 points for me, which was huge. And, uh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's had a really good year for me. Um, Threw a couple touchdowns uh, yesterday against Jacksonville. Pretty favorable favorable matchup there. (laughs) Um, Chase Edmonds. on the Thursday nighter, actually, he he was a nice little pickup. I I made a bad move in trading Dalvin Cook. We can talk about later on the show, but um, Edmonds got me some. Edmonds got me 15 points against uh, the Seahawks, and I know that he's been sharing uh, touches with uh, Kenyon Drake, so he's a um, decent player to have, I guess, in your PPR league. And um, yeah, 
It uh, it was probably largely the uh, the Minnesota game that put me over the top, but uh, and I got uh, Tampa Bay's defense against the Rams tonight, and uh, and Rojo as my second. Uh, I'm losing back, by a hundred today. What yeah. was that? I'm gonna lose by a hundred when this all's fucking said and done. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Points for and against. Hit what nine. a shit week. Um, I'm not gonna take anything away from my boy Joe over there. It's his first year playing in our league or first year playing fantasy football. So, uh, to even have four wins, my dude, that's impressive. Because my first year I went two and sixteen. So, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it, man, it was a tough week for me. Uh, Matt Stafford came off a hot game. Um, I really was really handcuffed in what to do in the situation. I had Josh Allen as a quarterback by week. Needed to beat Joseph this week. That wasn't going to help me, but I probably could have just played him anyways. Um, <laughs> Matt Matt Stafford got me 7.62. Uh, shit week. I mean, it happens in fantasy, and people listening to this will understand. You got to ride a quarterback who's hot. Stafford went into the last game, had 30 points. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. My, my week got ruined when DeAndre Swift was announced that he was out. So that put me in a hole as a RB game because, well, Malcolm Brown's been pretty inconsistent with the Rams. And so I was like, well, if Swift's not in, that must mean AP is going to get a ton of touches, which didn't happen because Detroit was never on the field. So <laughs> that really sucked. That one hurt. But um, James Robinson's been a, a key piece for me. He kept me in for a little while. But uh, the biggest killer that I had against Joe this week was a 51-yard touchdown from Matt Stafford to Marvin Jones Jr., that got overturned and uh, well, not overturned. There was a call on the field. I think it was like a hold, but 51 yards and a touchdown from both those guys. Cause I had Jones starting as well, which would have made a huge significant difference in my, my fantasy. Also, uh, I'm just going to say this right now. This is a super hot take. Fuck Matt Ryan. Um, thanks for never throwing to your tight end ever. Appre- appreciate it. The one week. So this is this is my this is my like, conundrum. So I have Hayden Hurst and I have Jonu Smith, right? Both are pretty fucking good tight ends when it comes to fantasy, anyways. Uh, I have decided I decided this week to sit Jonu and put Hayden Hurst in because I like the matchup against the Saints. Yeah. Guess what? Fucking goose egg, goose egg, zero on the board from Hayden Hurst and Jonu puts up twelve. So I've made some blunders this week. I went on Jamison Crowder against the Chargers because the Chargers are notorious for giving up fucking yards and touchdowns, and I thought Crowder would have a day. Although I will say the Jets did look good in that game. Even though Crowder wasn't part of the offense as much as I'd like, obviously with his 2.6, get out of here with that. Uh, I took him over Corey Davis because I thought Baltimore was a tougher matchup than Corey Davis puts up three catches for whatever the hell hundreds of yards and 16.3 so some blunders on my part but at the end of the day you got to be you know in a in a two qb league you got to have good two good qbs and i mean stafford played like shit and pj walker threw two untimely interceptions besides that pj walker had a really good game yeah no absolutely you also uh, decided yeah, you ahead, also sir. decided to trade michael thomas in for the tyler boyd and, and and to be honest it wasn't for this week anyways wasn't really a bad trade because Michael's uh, Michael got 19 and Tyler Boyd put up 17 and a half. So, I mean, it was it's a pretty even trade in that aspect. And this is it, it, my biggest thing is Michael Thomas's first fucking game doing anything. Tyler Boyd's been doing this all year. But now that he doesn't have Joe Burrow, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Finley. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, just for reference, uh, 
Andrew's team is right on the cusp of the playoffs right now. I think you're in sixth. Um, yeah, I think I'm like, fifth right now. Okay, fifth. Yeah. yeah, it's just points, points four. Yeah. Because there's three, there's there's you, there's Cage, there's Avery. I and think all three of us right now. Well, if it wasn't, <laughs> I was shitting on Dak earlier in this. But, like, if Dak didn't put up those beast games for me that he did and gave me a ton of point value, even Joe Burrow, I would be probably on the outs right now. But I technically, out of the three, have the highest point total. So I would technically be in the playoffs, correct? Yeah, if it, if it's a three-way tie, you would have the tie. Yeah, because, well, no offense to Avery. He's definitely losing this week. Cage looks like he's on the cusp of losing, and I definitely have lost. So three of us are going to be at five and six, which is weird. Yeah, so nothing will essentially change unless points unless someone passes unless cage pulls up a huge win today over his i think he's down by like 20 but if cage pulls it off kudos cage i guess um so speaking of that falcon saints game um andrew are you thinking of picking up uh a tight end uh Taysom hill anyone (laughs) yeah if if a guy named ty didn't already have him in the league um man it's uh pretty incredible what he's been able to do i i was uh, doing a podcast for another uh, show of mine. And we were talking about it beforehand. And I said, you know, at the start of the day when they announced that Taysom Hill was going to be the starting quarterback, I said, it's a money thing. You spent a lot of money on Taysom Hill to be your backup quarterback, even though he's a Swiss utility knife who does everything back there. He's a running back, a tight end. He blocks. He plays special teams. He's a quarterback. It's nuts. Um, But at the same time, I was like, hey, well, you have Jameis Winston, who threw for 5,000 yards last year. So he's not a slouch. yeah. You know, like, yes, he did go 33 and 30. Like, okay, I understand that. But at the end of the day, he's really good at getting wide receivers activated. And at that point, Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas had really not been consistent. If it wasn't for Alvin Kamara, like, I mean, the Saints would probably wouldn't be where they are now. That's for damn sure. But I was like, okay, Jameis is going to get these two guys involved in the offense, and he's going to get them going. It doesn't matter because Taysom Hill did a great job of it anyways. So he really made me eat my words on that one. But, like, I, I still I'm not set on Taysom Hill because let's face it, folks. Drew Brees is not playing another down of football this year. I just I can't see it. Ooh, that's there's a hot take there. <laughs> eight eight fractured ribs. How do how do you come back from that and, and and expect to be a playoff starting quarterback where every team you know that that's the thing you take one hit to those ribs one sack guess what man that pain's gonna be there and he's he's had a problem all year throwing that ball. You know, and now that he's got that, I don't know. If, if I'm if I'm New Orleans and we think we have one more year with Drew Brees next year, I do not play him, just to the sake that I want him healthy. No, that that, that could be interesting for sure. See, um, and I, I I disagree on that. That's like, just my no. And I, 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 there's always two sides to that. Like the other side that I was going to say is yes, Drew Brees is an elite level quarterback that obviously you want. He's as tough as they come. But, again, eight fractured ribs and a collapsed lung? Why in the hell would my my MVP go onto the field? You know, like, the Saints are going to have – who would they have as a first-round matchup right now? Because they're seven – or eight and two now. They're eight and two. They're, yeah. they're the first. They have a bye. Yeah, so they would have the bye, which is good in the aspect of Breeze's health. But at the same time, the collapsed lung thing is what scares me the most. You know, I don't want my quarterback taking a licking back there. And Taysom Hill yesterday, even though it is Atlanta, let's not fucking forget it's Atlanta. He did look, Taysom Hill did look strong. He looked like a good quarterback. I won't take anything away from there. There's a little, a few little things that he could do better, 
But, uh, I mean, the Saints are in a good position to obviously finish first in their division. Like I said, as long as you have Elvin Kamara in your lineup, you are fine. I don't, I, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, the Saints have, I'm not sure what their schedule is. I know they play my Vikings down the road. And they have Atlanta I, again. I'd say, so they have a somewhat favorable schedule to be mixing around with your backup quarterbacks. Um, I, I just don't know if Breeze... Uh, wants to come back up for another year. I, I, I think this might be his his ride off into the sunset. And if I'm him, uh, I would try and do everything I can to rehab and, and, and come back uh, for the playoffs. And unless, unless, and I think there will be some guys that will think about this if they're at their tail end of their careers, um, do they want to come back for the fans? Because we're sure missing those fans in the stadiums right now. I know that... Uh, a lot of teams have been trying to bring back some and a guy like Breeze might be, you know what? Okay. Maybe I'll stick around one more year so I can play in front of uh, um, 60,000 or whatever strong at the Superdome. But uh, I just don't know if he'll uh, come back one more year. So, well, you know, for sure that if this is Drew Breeze's last year, like you said, then he definitely, if, if the saints are in a position where they're in the, if they're in the, uh, let's say they're in the second round. And he comes in, he can, he might have a chance of playing at that point. But right now, my focus is making Taysom Hill a better quarterback and making sure that he is the way because you paid him, like I said, a lot of money to be a backup quarterback. So ten million. Oh, and you really need to see what you have there, right? Like it, one game is just a sample size. We'll see what it's like for the rest of the year going out because we all know that Drew Brees won't play another snap this season. He'll might play playoffs. It's a good take, but um, man, it's. It says something to me about Jameis Winston, too. Like, is it that bad that, you know, Sean Payton, who's a pretty good coach, doesn't believe in you? You know what I mean? Like, this. Guy, I think if I'm James Winston, I'm like, see you later. Next year I'm going to be on a team that wants me because clearly you've made the decision now to go to Taysom Hill, which we all understand is a financial thing. But what am I supposed to do? You know, like, I'm just sitting here being a, a quarterback, too, who had 5,000 yards passing last year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jameis Winston and what Winston's career looks like next year. Oh, for sure. And he, he seems like a good personality too. I've watched him along the New Orleans sideline and he seems to be a pretty good motivator for the players. And um, I know he was yucking it up with Drew Brees uh, the week before when they won the game or two weeks ago Yeah. Um, against Tampa Bay, that uh, 38-3 route over the Buccaneers. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do you not give the kid a chance? I know he's not a kid, but I just, uh, you know, you've got a you've got a better system around you uh, than I I thought you would in Tampa Bay, uh, between the coaching staff and and some of the pieces on defense uh, with New Orleans, and I you know, okay, if he comes he comes in a game and he throws three touchdowns and three picks, well, then okay, it's it's the same old same old Jameis, but. Man, I don't know. I would give Winston a chance at some point. Definitely will be uh, interesting moving forward. Um, back on the subject of fantasy, Mr. Bernanke, um, I just want to get your thoughts on your first year playing fantasy football on ESPN with the boys. Uh, what have you learned? Um, what have you enjoyed? What will you take forward to next year? Um, obviously, it, it hasn't gone uh as favorably as you wanted but again it's your first year like andrew said like um hell i've been playing 
probably 10 plus years. And in my other league that I run, I have two wins. I might pick up my third, but you know, fantasy's a, a fickle, a fickle being. So what what's your take for your first year? It's been a lot of fun, guys. Honestly, even having so I'll I'll move up to four and seven on the season, you know. Um, and I got uh, I got Ty coming up, so I might be able to scratch out one more win there. But um <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's been it's been great. Uh it's been great getting to know a lot of you guys. And um I think going into September, um, I didn't pay as close attention to a lot of those PPR lists that a lot of teams put out. I I kind of just uh, I don't want to say I was throwing darts at a wall and hoping something would stick for my team, but I, I keyed in on several players that I followed over the last few years. And when it came to making our first round selection, um, I was fairly confident that I was going to take Dalvin Cook first overall if I could, uh, and which I did. And I regret trading him away, uh, which I can get to in a second, but uh I was pretty happy with some of the guys I had on my team uh, off the get-go. I had uh, Stefan Diggs, who's one of the top uh, wide receivers in the league this year. I was able to get Adam Thielen, um, George Kittle, albeit his injuries. Uh, he gave me a couple of solid weeks, but I don't know. The guy seems to um, be a little bit softer than he was uh, last year with the 49ers, but that whole team's been banged up, uh, injury-ridden this year. So... Um, and then at, uh, at quarterback, I decided to go with a little bit more veteran presence guys who I thought were going to throw it more than maybe somebody like a Lamar, you know, who would have been available at the time. Uh, so I went with Drew Brees and, uh, Ben Roethlisberger first, and then I took cousins afterwards just cause I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan and I felt he should at least be on some team <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what have I learned? Uh, injuries can really um, derail a team, of course. Boy, they sure um, can. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so much fluctuation every week. And and this year, especially, guys, I know we've been saying it week to week, without uh, a preseason, without a couple of games uh, in the beginning there, uh, guys were just getting, teams were just getting decimated with injuries. This, this uh, I could be wrong, but... I've been following the league pretty closely over the last several years. This seems to be one of the worst years for injuries in my recent memory. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's definitely no, you are definitely not wrong. Um, so, of course, uh, you, you go to the waiver wire. You see if you can make a deal with somebody. You see who's available. And, um, no, I um, later on in the season – um, this is about, a, I don't know, three or four weeks ago now. Dalvin Cook came back. He had a monster game where he put up uh, over 50 points or whatever. And I thought, okay, is it time to sell high on him because Minnesota's not really going anywhere? Uh, and I was, receiving offers, I was receiving offers from a bunch of you guys. <laughs> Still are. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then I, um, oh, I then I shopped, I shopped him over to Avery. I figured, well, okay, he's giving me the best, the best collection for one player. You trade four or five guys for one. Is it worth it? And so the deal I made for those listening in, it was Dalvin Cook. Um, and then I also ended up throwing in, uh, I think Aguilar and Christian Kirk, who I didn't think were going to do anything 
for me. Uh, Aguilar's back in the uh, waiver wire, but uh, I traded those guys for James Conner, who at the time he had been killing it with Pittsburgh. He's been in a bit of a decline recently. And yesterday against Jacksonville, he was he was all right. They keep putting in uh, Bobby Snell or whatever. Yeah. Like, a junior. <laughs> like what are, what are you doing, Pittsburgh? It's like you're <laughs> you're paying Connor and you're putting in Ray Ray McLeod and Bobby that's, Snell. Like, that's what fan. That's why coaches, man. Like running back <laughs> committees, they'll do it to piss you off, man. I swear. <laughs> so I so it was James Connor, um, Chase Evans. Uh, who had the starting job with Arizona at the time. So he was putting up some decent numbers because uh, Drake was out. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's been a surprise for the 49ers. I would recommend picking him up possibly next season, depending on who who's starting at QB for the 49ers. Jimmy um, Garoppolo. Connor Edmonds, Ayuk, and... Um, uh, oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Uh, Avery was trying to hold the bag of Oreos over my head for a few weeks. And he's like, well, you have Rojo, but, uh, you don't have Leonard Fournette. So, um, you learned a very that, valuable lesson there today. I learned a very valuable lesson in, uh, with that. And, and then I, I look and then cook puts up over 40 points. And then it's the <laughs> following week after I make the trade. And then I look at my collective pieces and it's like 20 points at best. So. There's something to be said about certain superstar players. If you have them, even if they get injured, you keep them. I mean, let's say George Kittle, for example, if his injury wasn't as severe as it was and there was still a few more weeks in the season, I wouldn't have traded. Like, I would have no intentions of trading him. There's certain guys, Travis Kelsey, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, there's certain players you definitely hold on to uh for your whole season i'd say once you have them unless it's christian mccaffrey who got passed <laughs> around like an ex-girlfriend man it was ridiculous yeah and it's, it's funny that you mentioned cmc because i started thinking about some of the guys so going into when we were doing our draft everyone was saying oh you got to take michael thomas you got to take cmc uh saquon and you look at all three guys uh, and I'm not trying to make a correlation. It's just a coincidence this year. But I wouldn't expect those three guys to be our top three picks next season. Uh, CMC will probably still be one of the top two picks for sure. Hmm. I think once Saquon is back too, that changes a lot of people's perspective because Saquon is a monster in fantasy. So I think that'll change some people's perspective too. And I, if I do recall, who drafted Barkley? Bryce. 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 Yeah, like that's a yeah. tough bit. And then he gets ends up with Elvin Kamara anyway. So I yeah. mean he's he's gonna be okay. But that's that's the iffy thing about fantasy football, man. You really don't know what you're getting yourself into. At the start of the year, like you look at my team, my team wasn't anything great. I had Tyreek to start off with and Dak, which I thought was a good little building piece, but Dak week three gone. And and yeah. at that point seventeen hundred yards was lighting up the league. So it just changes your mindset, you know, and now like I was four and one and now I'm five and six. It just shows you that like after this week, I'll be five and six, but it just shows you that like, you know, you can bank on some players doing big things, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And that is the fecal bitch. That is fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I looked at my schedule. I don't know. It was, this was like th the third or fourth weekend. And then I'm looking down at my updates from ESPN. Oh, 
Uh, DUI from Melvin Gordon, who was my oh, second, he was my RB2. Trade him to me, Joe. Now I want him. <laughs> I could sell high on him now, but, and you know, like, okay, here's a guy, he comes from the Chargers. He has a really good year with them. I figure, okay, I'll pick him up as a second piece. And he had a couple of decent weeks for me to start. And then he gets the DUI and then he just doesn't seem himself. I mean, the Broncos aren't a very good team. I know they beat the Dolphins yesterday. But, it's Philip Lindsay. Uh, That's the reason why he doesn't look what he is. Philip Lindsay's a very intimidating presence on that team. He yeah. is he is a thousand yard running back. So it just I never understood the trade. I understood at the point of what they're trying to get to with the Broncos was that putting asses in the seats and Melvin Gordon being a big name that was available as a free agent would help with that. But like yeah. it just you got Philip. I I never understood that signing because Philip Lindsay can catch as well. Right, like it just nothing made sense about that trade. And then, uh, yeah, like if I look back on why my record is the way it is right now, I, I made a couple of um, questionable moves. With sometimes, I guess, with a few of the quarterbacks I've started, um, I think my wide receiver depth I traded away. I mean, I ended up trading Diggs away at one point. Um, I mean. That was one of my big deals this year was with uh, Roy, uh, with Royce, who's in our league. I traded. It was um, Stefan Diggs and Jared Cook. He didn't have any tight end at the time um, for Juju Smith-Schuster and um, Ronald Jones second. And for me, I was really excited at, by the trade at the time because uh, Rojo was coming off of three games in a row with over 100 rushing yards. This guy looks like he's going to be the future of Tampa Bay uh, at running back. And then they've got a good offense in there. Tom Brady has a lot of weapons. He'd been putting up uh, quite a few points for Jake. And um, and then what does Bruce Arians do? He's like, oh, we have a returning slot receiver in Leonard Fournette. Let's forget about Rojo and uh, put him aside. And then I kind of got screwed over there for the next few weeks. And then... So I got really frustrated there because it's like, okay, I got Dalvin Cook and I got Rojo. I'm set at RB. Uh, I can put Melvin Gordon on my bench. And, well, uh, Bruce Arians wanted to share the load. I think it started with the Vegas, uh, the Raiders game that they routed the Raiders. And I'm like, you've got Rojo. Why are you not putting him in? Like, this this kid, is he's hot right now. And um, It also helps that Rojo's right now playing for his career. When they yeah. when they when they picked up Fournette, I literally said to myself, "I'm like, well, that should motivate Rojo to do something because uh, it's kind of like Bruce Arians, like you related to, kind of fell out of love with Rojo, which was weird. But like he literally was playing for his career and he was lighting it up, and just to stop him just made no sense to me. But could be just a thing with Bruce Arians. The guy is he doesn't fucking Fickle. care about anything. <laughs> yeah." So, I mean, that kind of derailed me a little bit. I ended up trading away Amari Cooper at some point because I, I was, because Dallas, yeah, uh, there was that, there was the unbelievably brutal hit uh, by Bostick on uh, Dalton or whatever. And uh, I am happy to see Dalton back, by the way, even though they beat my and Vikings look good. yesterday. Don't you miss Ben DiNucci, Andrew? Ben <laughs> DiNucci. My favorite Italian quarterback. Yeah, there's not a, there's another chance. There's not another day in the war, or there's never. Well, how am I going to word this? There's not a chance in Sam's hell that Ben DiNucci ever sees an NFL field again. Hey, Nathan Peterman's on a roster. He's on a roster. Doesn't and mean so he's going to see the Bortles, field. But, yeah, yeah. The, Blake Bortles. What a downfall. You're just a couple injuries away from seeing the field. 
<laughs> I will say Garrett Gilbert would be a nice number three next year on our depth chart. I hope they really do re-sign him. Yeah, they might. You know, and, you know I mean, uh, so I traded away Cooper and because I thought, okay, now's the time to, if you got Dallas players, you got to move them now because this team's not going anywhere. I re-picked up um, Cooper, by the way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then, and then now Andrew has my Amari Cooper from earlier this year. Yeah, 14 points last night. That's great. So, that, I mean, that's okay as a flex, you know. Yeah, that's what I had him in. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, last night this isn't fantasy related, but it's like I see Joe Burrow go down with Cincinnati, and it's like it's the curse of the name-redacted team taking out quarterbacks. They take <laughs> out Dalton, uh, although Dalton's back. They – Took him out with a concussion. Take out Burrow. Uh, who's Washington going to be after next? <laughs> it was well, either happening two Washington quarterbacks or two someone they're playing. I was going to say gruesome injuries. How how much yeah. PTSD did Alex Smith have yesterday watching that hit? Yeah, it was like the exact same. It's the exact yeah. same fucking hit, and Alex Smith was gone for two years, folks. So. The, the thing with Alex Smith, though, he was a little bit older, okay? And as we all know, it takes a little bit more time for things to heal up when you do get older. And he's had his surgery got infected, and he almost lost his leg. So I'm just praying. I'm praying that we get to see Joe Burrow on the football field because Joe Burrow makes the game exciting. He does. He, he's he a is, good kid. Yeah, he's, he's, his head is right. He's an exciting football player. Uh, Cincinnati, for God knows how long, has needed a product. And, you know, they got some nice pieces. They got Boyd activated this year. Bernard's look good when Mixon's been out. I would almost – here's another hot take. I would almost run with Joe Mick or uh, Giovanni Bernard next year. Just saying. It could be. If you can get something for Mixon, potentially Mixon that might help is an That absolute, might help protect Burrow. Well, Mixon's an absolute Band-Aid. He hasn't played a full season yet. So – I mean, it's hard to, you know, plan a game planner on a running back that's played eight games for you every single year. Like, it's got to be pretty frustrating. But then, at the same time, you need an O-line that protects you. So, I would flip Mixon, grab somebody for an O-line, you know, even in the draft if you have to trade, you know what I mean? And move up and grab yourself some O, because if anything has been learned this year, Joe Burrow cannot get hit that many fucking times. The guy gets hit, on average, probably at least drop back, what, 40, 50 times a game? Yeah, yeah, they, they oh, for sure. sling it around. They don't really run the ball. So. And all Joe Burrow needs is two and a half seconds in the pocket, and he will roast you for a first down. His vision is unbelievable. It is out of this world good. But if you don't have the time, that's when he starts making those stupid little plays, and everybody's like, well, Joe Burrow's not a great quarterback. You're just like, okay, calm down. Like, this kid will be a stud, but my biggest thing is I, I don't know if we see him on the football field next year. I don't know. I don't. You don't, and you don't want him to become another Andrew Luck in the future, exactly. where he takes too many hits, and then at 27, he's like, "All right, I'm out." Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to say he. I, I hope. I pray that Joe Burrow is on the football field next year. Like I said, he makes the game way more interesting. But I'm in a conundrum too because I don't know if he does make the field next year. No. Well, what 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 is the injury designation? It's ACL. Like it's. It, they said that it was ACL. And a large part of the bone that was like cracked in half. So he, yeah, they've ruled him out for the year, obviously. But like, my biggest thing is it took Alex Smith, and again, there was an age discrepancy, and I understand that, but like, it took Alex Smith almost three full years, folks, to get back onto a football field from recovering from that injury. So I'm, That's I'm a just, really good point. I'm just hoping, I'm hoping 
that it's only about a year, year and a half. If we have to lose him, Cincinnati's best thing that could happen is if they don't have him next year, guess what? They're just going to get more pieces to surround him with. You know? And, like, you're, you're building that team around Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. You are. Like, he, yep. he is your franchise player. Yeah, and I think he's their, you know, their messiah, so to speak. So they're not going to rush him back by any means if he's not 100,000% ready to go. Damn, that's spooky how, like, I mean, you got, and then, you, yeah, you look at the other end of the field and you got Alex Smith there with the football team. and His face, um, Alex Smith's face when that injury happened, they zoomed in on him and he literally looked like he was going to puke. Like, it just, it, you can't imagine the hell that he had to go through just to get back into football. And his look good, by the way. He has looked pretty decent for coming yeah. back to football. Yeah. But at the same time, seeing that injury, you could just tell, you know, his PTSD just went through the roof going, oh, my God. That, oh, I bet. that happened to me. Like, this poor kid, you know? Like, And if anybody can relate, he went right up to the thing and, like, tapped him on the shoulder. And I guess after the game, they said that Alex Smith was like, yeah, I said to him, he's like, I just want you to know that you can come back from this. Anything is possible. So that was very cool of Alex Smith. Yeah, for sure. Um, so moving on a bit from the bungles, or so they used to be called, but um, <laughs> it, is, it is very unfortunate for Joe Burrow, and we, we hope he's back as soon as possible. And, healthy again because uh, the league's better for it um but speaking of afc um if you guys tuned into the sunday nighter last night uh the chiefs ended up pulling out a last second victory against the rival raiders uh to move to nine and one i believe on the season yep. their only yep. loss was against those raiders uh the last time they met so bit of a revenge game um in your guys opinion do you think it's a two-horse race right now in the afc between uh casey and pittsburgh or do you guys have a team or two that you think can like possibly sneak into the AFC Championship? Uh, Andrew, go go ahead. You those are my two one. clear front runners. There's nobody better in that division or those in the AFC than those two teams. I mean, Patrick Mahomes' ability. Look, I, I just I feel so bad for Derek Carr because, goddamn, did the Raiders play well last night? And like they did. They and did. there was not a flaw that I saw out of that game, out of any of them. That pick at the end, whatever he forced it, but like he had thirty seconds to get down the field. I still think he could have done something else, but whatever. Um, Derek Carr kept him in the game, and I thought I said, "Here we go again." Here we go again. Patrick Mahomes has a minute and a half left to storm the field. That is the baddest man in the NFL right now. That guy can slice you apart, whether it be running first and foremost, which he's very good at getting out of the pocket and keeping on his feet, or or just having a talent cast like he does. If you have Travis Kelsey, who is hands down the biggest beast at tight end, I do like Kittle, but Kelsey is a monster. Uh, just the pieces that he has, Tyreek Hill as well, that can run stupid patterns. Thanks Mahomes, for giving Tyreek back to me, by you're, the way. You're welcome. Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes is... Uh, Mahomes' arm is just, it's a lethal weapon, man. And so when I saw there was a buck 35 left on the clock, I literally said to myself, this is not good. You know, like, I knew that the game was over then. But at the same time, you know, like, Oakland's defense had played, or Las Vegas' defense had played pretty darn well for the most part. You know, and I, I thought maybe they would bail him out, but then a couple of soft plays, really soft coverage at the end, which was really surprising on a Gruden team. I just really thought it was kind of bizarre how soft they were playing that coverage, um, especially with Tyreek going up the middle like three times. I was just like, "What are you, what are you doing?" Like, 
maybe you play one-on-one with this guy. Just saying, like, I don't know. <laughs> and it, it's Tyreek, so he could probably break away from you. But still, um, my overall thing is that I will sum it up like this. Pittsburgh's defense is the best defense in the league. Kansas City's offense is the best offense in the league. Defense wins championships. Give me the Steelers. That's a that's a pretty good take, uh, Andrew. Yeah, you know it's it'll be really interesting. I was going to bring this up earlier on our on our show here, but um, statistically, over the last during the Patriots dynasty, let's go back, you know, three, four, five years, um, the NFC has been the stronger conference, in my opinion, as as a whole. This year, if you go outside of the NFC West. Uh, okay, you've got the Saints and Tampa Bay fighting for, uh, you know, first in the NFC South. But outside of that, it's a crapshoot. You, know, you got Green Bay doing what they do. I mean, they lost the, they lost the Colts last night, which was exciting to see. Good defense can can crush the Packers. But, um, but then if you look at the AFC, uh, they pointed out yesterday during the Baltimore and Tennessee game that was going to overtime, you've got eight or nine teams with a six, it was with a six and three, record at the time which is insane you know UK so you've expanded the playoffs you got uh, seven teams now coming in instead of six um if I look on paper at teams other than Pittsburgh and Kansas City playing in that AFC championship game I think the Bills could have something to say about it but I'm not really sure I think the Bills should win the division over the Dolphins although I mean we'll see Miami's defense is pretty good um it's nice to see the the Dolphins having a good team again. Um, and Tua, I think, still has some potential for the future. Um, but outside of the Bills, I would still, I would throw in, um, I would still say the Raiders have a chance. Uh, I mean, look, you played Kansas City really hard last night. Um, Derek Carr has been a serviceable quarterback this year. Uh, to Jake's credit, I know he'd been trying to sell me him a few times this year. Darren Waller has been a surprise at tight end. He, outside of with Kittle being out um, and Mark Andrews kind of disappearing because Lamar's passing game sucks, outside of Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller's probably the second best tight end in the league right now, statistically. So you got a good tight end. You got a good quarterback. Josh Jacobs is a really good young running back. I really like that kid. Um, We had a preseason game. It was a big deal at the time. There was a preseason NFL game here in Winnipeg last year. It was uh, Green Bay and Oakland. I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, and I think Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, they they came to Winnipeg to play the preseason game. Aaron Rodgers, I think, was hiding or whatever. He, he didn't start. But, <laughs> but I watched Josh Jacobs play, and I thought, this kid has a lot of potential. Um, and he's showing it right now. And so I think under John Gruden, I think he's going to – keep them fighting hard for a playoff spot and we'll see who the, uh, the Raiders match up against. Um, but uh, I would say right now it's probably between the Steelers, Kansas city, Buffalo and, um, and Vegas. Just going to, I'm just going to throw another team in the, in the ring here. Uh, don't sleep on the Colts, man. That's true. Uh, yeah. The Colts really is- impressed me last night. Yeah, yeah, their defense is lights out. Um, I think Darius Leonard's might have um, surged to maybe the best middle linebacker in the game. Uh, Xavier so Rhodes, good. I know you know him from his Viking days, Joe. Yeah. He's had a bit of a resurgence. He has. Um, 
Yeah, they have like Rocky Sin, who's like a decent corner. I forget Rocky what he went Zin, to college. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like if uh, they have the the three headed running game in the backfield, you know, Jonathan Taylor's their kind of banger. Uh, they have Wilkins, they have Hines, uh, Hilton's disappeared completely, but they have Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie who's studded out the last few weeks. Hilton is gonna, again. He had a great forty-five yard uh, touchdown yeah. play uh, Hilton, yesterday. Hilton one hundred percent is asking her for a release by the end of the season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's done. He's he doesn't like Philip Rivers. They haven't been able to get on the same page. He had a good no thing going. No chemistry. Well, yeah, he had a good thing going with Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, and then they benched Brissett, so that made him pretty pissy, obviously. Like, when you're a number one receiver, you want to play with the guy that you now have chemistry with, right? Like, that's – you look at even Amari Cooper. Like, everybody's talking about his significant drop-off. Well, yeah, but, like, Dak – that was his security blanket, right? Like, if he needs a good chunk play, Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup seem to be those two guys. Now Gallup has kind of fallen out of favor in Dallas with C.D. Lamb being as good as he is. Let's Can we all admit that C.D. Lamb's catch last night was insane? That touchdown yeah. was banana land. No, it was a, were, yeah. Um, last night, I mean, between between the the lamb catch and then the Thielen one hand grab. Oh man, there yeah, was it was. There's some highlights last night, but I mean, catches. ultimately for me, what? Uh, yeah, you know, Indy, I won't sleep on either because that defense. Again, we talk about defense winning championships, and I'm very very keen on that. It happened last year in the Super Bowl. Kansas City's defense ended up being a little bit better than San Fran's when it needed to be. Um, and I think that's the situation in Indy right now. Darius Leonard's a freak of nature. He might be literally the best MLB in – I probably – I'm going to say the league. He he just reads plays, man. Before they even adapt, he's just so quick off the ball too. It's nuts for a defensive player to be as good as he is and as big as he is, for freak's sake. That guy's a yeah. monster. Um, I, I still – this is the only reason why I cannot – rightfully pick Indy and that is Philip Rivers I cannot get behind I I like Philip Rivers he's a Hall of Famer he's you know played very well as of the last couple of weeks but Philip Rivers is also the most inconsistent quarterback that I have ever seen with my two eyes he can go off for four touchdowns but the next week he can throw four picks it's just who he is and that's not unfortunately again Hall of Fame career but never will win a Super Bowl I think I agree with you I just think if they're smart, um, and I know Frank Reich is a good coach because he coached the Eagles. Great and coach. I admit, I miss him dearly because Doug Peterson's has the IQ. Oh, moron! Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like if you're if you're smart, take the ball out of his hands as much as possible. Max him out at like twenty throws a game. Yeah. Use your three running backs. Do screens like do reverses. But to the Pittman. thing is, with Rivers, is that he's not going to take the just the twenty passes. If somebody said, "Hey," Only throw the ball twenty times. Ryan Tannehill would be like, "Oh fuck yeah, my normal game," but that's yeah. just that's just not going to be the situation for Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers throws thirty five passes a game, but he does have, like you said, a three headed monster back there. Jonathan Taylor was a little fantasy wise, a little disappointing, but on the field, he's you know had some costly turnovers. And uh, Hines came in there and you know is a passing running back basically, and he played very very well. And they kind of forgot about him a little bit last night. Was I the only one who kind of noticed that? They just, I, no, I noticed that too. They yeah. really relied on JT last night. Yeah, yeah, no, they did. They did. Yeah. It'll be, you know, I saw it was. It must have been week two or week three. Andrew and the Colts took on my Vikings, and they almost pitched a shutout. I had said to my, I said to myself later in the year, watch out for this Colts defense. Um, and then, you know, with Philip Rivers, it's interesting. I think you guys hit the hammer on the nail. I think you have to limit 
the number of possessions, uh, the number of throwing possessions he has. The only thing I would add to that, I would say is, um, you know, again, here's another quarterback who's coming in. He's in the autumn years of his time at QB. No, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure how many years he has left. And this, there's another guy, he could be pretty motivated. He could be like, look, I toiled around for so many years in San Diego. Uh, well, now the LA Chargers. And this could be one of my final shots at going far in the playoffs. So I got a really good defense around me. I got some really good young receiving and running talent around me. I'm going to try my guts out and I'm going to try and lead my team at the very least to an AFC championship game. You know, it's, it's like uh, Peyton Manning when he was on the Broncos that one year. Yeah. All defense. He did some, uh, some big breaking news here, boys. Uh, as of about 15 minutes ago when we started this podcast, the Baltimore Ravens have announced that late last night, we were informed that multiple members of the Baltimore organi- organization tested positive for COVID-19, and these individuals immediately began to self-quarantine. We have started the process of contract tracing, and during the time, the Under Armour Performance Center will be closed. We continue to work closely with the all-guidance from the NFL, so that means they're probably not going to be playing that Thanksgiving game against Pittsburgh. No. And that was going to be a decent matchup. The only That's, really decent matchup of the day. Yeah. So Dallas and Washington is now your headliner. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. The name redacted. Yeah, I, I joke, but that's for first place in the NFC East. So yeah. <laughs> let that sink in. But uh, we knew that last week Marlon Humphrey, and it was a couple other players, I do believe, tested positive for COVID-19. My, my, my situation with the NFL right now is this. We're, we're just throwing caution to people's safety at this point. And they extended the season by an additional three weeks. So the Super Bowl originally, you know, like they have that facility booked for three straight weeks. They can play that whenever. But the situation to me is you have three weeks and you've seen the cases rise, even in Canada. Yeah. Why are you not stopping for a week or two and being like, hey, we have the timeline to take this. We've already agreed as owners to extend the playoffs to 16 teams, right? So why aren't we right now taking a deep fucking break and being like, okay, well, if these, co- like, this just ruins their scheduling. It ruins TV rights. Baltimore now knowing that they have people testing positive, you have to clear for five days. So if they found out today, well, guess what? It's Thursday that they play. So there's 0% chance that game happens. So if you just a heads up, if you have any Steeler Steeler players or Raven players in your fantasy coming up this week, make sure they are benched. Yeah, I'm sure ESPN will put something out here. Here's the thing I just wanted to say though, like remember the Green Bay San Fran game where half those both San Fran's Richie James was a number one wide receiver. They still played it though. They still played the I game. Know. Jake's right. But that's what I'm saying. They threw complete caution to what is going on right now. Like obviously. When they had this season planned, there wasn't a thing called COVID, right? We understand that. But every other league adapted in March to it. The only leagues that didn't were the MLB and the NFL. The NBA said, Kate, we got a bubble. It's the only way to keep our players safe and healthy. All right? The NHL did the same thing. And they had, a what, 16 teams in their bubble? So obviously bubbles work. Folks, that's just what I'm going to say. The NFL had a lack of looking out for their players when it came to this. Uh, the MLB did the same thing. How many people tested positive for COVID in the MLB and they just kept running with it? It was astronomical. The Miami Marlins had to force like a whole week because they had like 19 guys with COVID-19. I like guess just it's one of those things where 
player safety. It's about the owners. The owners want to make money. TV equals money, folks. You stream yeah. in just like we do when we watch TV. That equals money for them. If there isn't a product, they lose it, right? So the owners are all about the money. They're not worried about the fucking players. Lamar Jackson tomorrow could get COVID-19, and the Baltimore Ravens would be like, well, well, I guess we're going to play. You know, like it just it doesn't make any sense to me because you're not protecting what's on the field. You're protecting your pockets. Yeah, 100% is about the bottom line. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and, and and that might be a spicy hot take for some, but I, I'm getting tired of seeing it. You know, like I understand that right now we're in a in a in a weird situation where we've got a vaccine that's 95 percent effective, and it's on its way apparently. Um, God knows how long that's. I'm hoping it's here by March. That's my optimism. Um, but at the same time, clearly this thing hasn't gone away. It's only gotten progressively worse. And while it is getting progressively worse, we're literally telling our football players that, like, it's okay if you have COVID. You can recover in five days and potentially play football. That makes no fucking sense to me because you're telling the rest of the world that they need to isolate for 14 days. That makes no sense to me. Okay, well, moving off of COVID and <laughs> just doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. The NFC is uh, <laughs> wide open. The NFC? <laughs> you yeah. want to talk about doom and gloom, and then you go right into the NFC? <laughs> Not the NFC East. Okay, no, thank you. the okay. NFC as a whole. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wide open, as it usually is. Uh, Joe alluded to earlier that the AFC has a bit more parity this year, which is nice. Um, two probably front runners, like we said, but there's some teams on the cusp, like the Bills, the Colts, um, Raiders. Um, but the NFC, uh, as usual, is pretty wide open. Um, you got the Saints at eight and two on top right now, um, but again, there's uh, six teams right here that have six or more wins. Uh, Saints, as I alluded to, Seahawks, Packers, Bucks, Rams, and Cardinals all have six plus wins. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, the final playoff spot has to go to someone from the putrid, stinky <laughs> NFC East. But uh, we already talked about them, so no more of that um basically what i wanted to ask you guys is uh out of that log jam of teams at the at the top uh who do you guys maybe have rising um to the top two spots come playoff time i think i i'll, I'll stick with my prediction as i've been talking about uh, with some of our j school graduates with jake uh, andrew i i would still have the saints coming out of the nfc south and i think um I think Sean Payton will figure out what's best for uh, his quarterback position. I think they can go pretty far. Um, I don't think they'll be meeting my Vikings in the playoffs this year. The Vikings are their uh, crutch, <laughs> as we've seen the last two or three years, um, but uh, and last year. But um, so I'll take the Saints right now, um, and then you know. Green Bay keeps showing to me that they're a beatable team. And people are saying, oh, you can't forget about the Packers. Okay, well, my Vikings beat the Packers, and the Colts just beat the Packers. and Tom Brady beat the Packers. Tom Brady smoked the Packers. Jacksonville almost beat them. Jacksonville's Jacksonville defense them, yeah. played really well against Green Bay and almost beat them. So I ain't looking too high on the horse right now on, on, on Green Bay. Um I know Seattle's defense is really bad, but I think when you have the veteran leadership of Pete Carroll and um, and, and Russ at quarterback, I, uh, at quarterback, I hate Russell Wilson, by the way, but um, he's a damn good player. You know, he's really hard to stop. 
it'd be really nice if Arizona could go really far. It'd be great for that franchise uh, that they haven't really seen since Carson Palmer, I guess, was at QB. He's probably going back a little bit. Fitzgerald but, Palmer. You know, and, and Larry and Larry's still putting up some decent points for fantasy, which is he hilarious. Put up 14 but, this week. <laughs> you know, um, I think if you're going to ask me again, who's my NFC championship game? I, I'm going to say Saints and uh, and Seahawks. But, uh, you know, Arizona might have something to say. Uh, Tampa Bay still thinks they might have something to say, but the Saints won both of those games um, in the regular season. And I think if the Saints and the Buccaneers were to meet up again, I think the Saints would uh, find a ways to exploit Tampa Bay. But we'll see, you know. Yeah. The Seahawks secondary for me gives up way too many big plays. That's they are always competitive, but I find that they really have to rely on Russell to carry the team for at least six to seven minute drives each time because they know if they let that defense out there, they're going to get chunked and quick. Their secondary ain't what it used to be, that's for sure. Um, the Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Gloom. I don't, I don't like it. Jamal Adams can't stay healthy. Which is, you know, you wasted a, you put it, you brought in, you traded a lot away to get Jamal Adams, and for a guy who has been, you know, hurt every single game it seems this year. Yeah. Um, I also think that the Saints, with no quarterback, uh, if you have Drew Brees there, I think that they obviously go on a run. I see it being Tampa Bay and the Saints for some weird reason that comes out of that because Tom Brady is the playoff goat, right? Like I'm not gonna sleep on how good Tom Brady is in the playoffs. He also has one of the most elite offenses that I've ever seen. Make that a great defense as well. They're a complete team. Tampa Bay is very good. Yes, the Saints beat the rails off of them. But that was just a bad... It, uh, every team is due for a real bad game. And the Saints, or, or the Bucks had a real bad game. I like what I see out of the Bucks. I like the Rojo and Fournette thing, even though in fantasy it's probably a huge piss-off. <laughs> but I really like the combination of both. I like where they are with Mike Evans now. It seems that Brady and him have built a little bit of a rapport together. Uh, Godwin and him have also built a really good chemistry in that slot position. Um, and even just having Gronk play, you know, 70% better than he did in his last year in New England has made a world of a difference because he's reliable again. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I like the Bucks to ultimately, you know, you, they went all out, so I, I have to go all out with their pick. They went all out for them uh, wanting to change their uh direction around i like the cardinals the thing with the cardinals is <clears throat> when kyler murray gets exposed he gets exposed he overpasses he overthrows he really has to learn how to adjust on the fly that's the one thing i will say about kyler murray he's got a cannon like we all know he's got a good arm he is very quick when he's in and out but when you when you make him make a football play he struggles he struggles mightily um and that's why you're seeing you know Career-wise, you're seeing D-Hop have a, a smaller year, even though he had that ridiculous touchdown. But he is having, career-wise, smaller numbers because, well, Kyler Murray's struggling to find him more often. So he's he's going to Christian Kirk, and he's going to Keon Drake. He's going to Chase Edmonds. We talked about all these guys before. But he's not using the guy that they brought in to be the number one, right? And um, I, I, I don't know. I The other one, too, is we just saw that Green Bay got absolutely exposed for being a beatable team. They, you make Aaron Rodgers play foot, and this is why I absolutely hate listening to football games with Aaron Rodgers commentary. We get it. Aaron Rodgers is a good football player, but you make Aaron Rodgers make football plays, 
He stinks. He is not a very good transitional quarterback. If he has a lead, he's giggling, he's laughing. You make him play, he struggles. Look at what Jacksonville did to that boy. If it wasn't for that that MVS play where they got the 75-yard touchdown, he was looking at... Yeah, exactly. It was a pretty pretty shitty day, all things considered. And again, the Tampa Bay game, he throws two picks. Last night, he struggles. Like He, he forced that pass to MVS, by the way. I'm not going to blame that all on on, on MVS. It all those scantling. Yeah, like it's it's a fumble all day. But at the same time, that was a, a pass that got, you know, shouldn't have been there in the first place. Indy's defense is also, again, really good. When Aaron Rodgers has to play good defenses, he stinks. Tell me, tell me differently. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. You know, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I watched just because I, I follow the NFC North with a razor tooth comb because my Vikings are in that division. Right. It's. It's really the metrics are closer than people realize. I think Andrew. I mean, I'm not trying to bring this back to my Vikings, but if I look and this is largely because we're playing with guys from the crowd off of the, for the defense. I mean, Michael Pierce opted out before the season even began because of the COVID and all that, but it's like, okay. So if my Vikings would have beat the Cal, and this is a lot of what ifs. Okay. But you, we, you win the against the Cowboys, you win against Tennessee. They lost by one point, the Seattle game earlier this year, I was having an epileptic fit over that. We lost. I was that crushed. I hate Seattle and that Vikings really should have won that game. They crushed Seattle in the first half and through most of it. So you give the Vikings three wins and you give another loss to the Packers and you got the Vikings coming out of the division. So it's, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. Out of the NFC, I'm going with the Bucks. That's my, my final pick. All right. Then, well, yeah, go ahead. Finish up. No, I was just going to say, Andrew, who do you have coming out of the NFC West right now? That's a good question. Uh, what are records right now like? Because I'm just trying to think of the top Seahawks of my head. are seven. They're seven and three. three. Yeah, and then Cardinals are six and four. Rams, Rams are, are six, six and, and three. four. Or six and Bucks five. are seven and three. Yeah. Um. I, I do have to go with Seattle just to the fact that like you have Russell Wilson who's playing at an MVP caliber this year. I don't like their defense, but their offense is strong. So I would say the Bucks and Seahawks. Oh, sorry. The Bucks are in the NFC South. My bad. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but the Bucks do have an impact. Uh, yeah, if they, they do. Beat the Ra- if they beat the Rams tonight. If they beat tonight, the Rams but... tonight. Yeah. It's huge. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm still going to go with the Seahawks on that side of things, I guess. That's a, such a clustered division because each team, Really, either one week absolutely crushes it, and the next week they absolutely fall apart. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, I'll go with the Hawks. Yeah, if, if, if we're talking top two teams here for me, um, I agree with like pretty much all the points you made about the Packers. They're they're a vulnerable team. They're they're very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I still don't understand why teams don't double Devontae. It's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> he's literally like offense. the top five receiver, yeah, in the league. Like he's proven that. I get that, and like double him, make make him throw to MVS, make him throw to Lazard, who's healthy again. Make now. him throw to Sternberger. <laughs> yeah, Robert Tanya, Robert Tanya, whatever. Yeah. Like, Tanya, yeah. But people single covering him. Like the first play of the game, Rockison gets roasted because they put him in the slot, which is smart by their their team. Because if you put a guy in the slot, um, it makes him a lot harder to double. But anyway. 
Um, for me, the Cardinals are a year or two away. Uh, as Andrew alluded to, Kyler's lit the league up, but he, he's got some growing to do. Um, uh, literally, it would be nice, too, because he's so small. But um, the Rams have, like, a lights-out defense, but Jared Goff is, I'm sorry, he's he's not, he proved it in the Super Bowl. Goff is garbage. It's, um, no, uh, I can't have them. I think they'll be a playoff team, but they'll be an early exit. Jared Goff is an Alex Smith 2.0, just so everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, he is. He really is. Um, See, and, and I like Alex Smith. I like, well, I don't know if there really is a vintage Alex Smith, but I like Alex Smith more than Jared Goff. That's fair. Yeah, and I mean, look what Alex Smith has around him. I mean, he has Scary Terry, but like, I don't, the Rams were like, "Oh, Sean McVay is this thirty-year-old genius," and then just what happened to that? They have they have basically the same team, minus Gurley. Yeah, I was gonna say they still have Woods. Gurley. They still have Cup, Reynolds, like Higby. Whitworth went down, which sucks. Higby, um, Everett, he's a stud. But yeah, no Cardinals, no Rams, um, Hawks. Again, as Andrew alluded to, their defense scares me. Um, Russ basically has to shoulder that whole team, put them on his back, or they're screwed. Um, it's it's a really weird dynamic with DK and Lockett too. It's it's either DK goes off or Lockett. They both they can't both. Yeah, it's weird. Um, if you're can't... if you're Seattle, you almost have to be going into the playoffs because I mean Seattle's going to qualify for the playoffs. You almost have to be saying, shit. If I'm Russ, I at the minimum, I gotta be putting up probably thirty points, at least on offense. Yeah, they especially gotta come figure out playoffs when you're figure you're facing the best teams with the best offenses in the league. They yeah. need to figure out first and foremost how to be able to split games with their two best receivers. Now, Russ has what I like to call fa- he's a favoritism quarterback. If you're having a big game, he continues to go to you. That's just yeah. how it works. But in the NFL, if you really want to be good, you really got to learn how to spread out the ball. So for me, it's like you got Lockett sitting there who is elusive. He's very quick. He's much he, – like Metcalf is quick, but let's face it, Lockett is much quicker than Metcalf. But Metcalf is such a beast and such a frame that, I mean, I would be using him like Metcalf more as like a – this might sound crazy, but like a Michael Thomas slant guy. Does that seem weird to say out loud? Like. Uh- you can use him for anything, really. Metcalf's um, very versatile. Yeah. He's very good that yeah. way. But, oh, like, yeah. Tyler Lockett is your downfield presence, but it just seems that, like, one guy will have a really big game and pull off 165 yards while the next guy pulls off 35. It just – you got to find balance in those two guys, man. That's the thing with a guy like Tom Brady, too. Like, he, he'll throw to the open guy. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, and that's and that's why everybody was like, fantasy wise, it's probably pretty freaking upsetting to have. Like, I've got Antonio Brown, you have Godwin. I think Ty now has Evans. Like, it's just like, who do you distribute the ball to? You know, and that's like, and I said when the when the the um, Buccaneers got embarrassed there by the Saints, I said it's not a bad problem to have as many options as he does, but having too too many options can be too much sometimes. Yeah. So, um. Back to my picks. I mean, the Saints, I, I'm i pretty high on. Um, you know, I just – the Drew Brees injury scares me. I, I'm sorry, but I, I can't – if he's not back, I, I, Taysom Hill is not leading them to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. He, he looked great against the Falcons. It's the Falcons. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Even with Drew Brees, they did just – like Joe said, they're not going to have to face the Vikes, which is, you know, their fans are probably just – 
loving For life real. if they don't have to mm. face them. But I look at some of these other teams and I'm just like, I, I can't I can't have them coming out. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an unpopular opinion and disagree with you guys. I'm gonna have the the Packers and the Bucks to to get there, but I'm gonna have the Bucks winning it because they've already beat them and I think they're a more complete team. Interesting take. Yeah. Wow. Um, there you go. 35 seconds ago, boys, not to interrupt here, but uh, 35 seconds ago, Joe Burrow tore the ACL and MCL in his left knee, and the MRI showed per uh, Tom Pelissero, Burrow will undergo reconstructive surgery and rehab for all of 2021. Oh, So man. there you go. Joe Burrow will Oof. not play football next year. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh, boy. That's, you got uh, to fully heal so he doesn't... The, know, the scary anything. thing for me is, fuck, I do not hope this is a career-ending injury because a lot of guys that have had MCL and ACL breaks have never really came back to the full capacity at what they were before. Look at what just happened to Clay in the NBA. Yeah, and Clay's this is his second now, and it's just like, oh, boy... But this is a scary injury, and I mean, like, as soon as I saw the hit, it wasn't a bad play, and I'm not going to say the Redskins went out and pulled a cheap hit and dirty play. It wasn't at all. It was a football play, and it was just an accidental roll, and Burrow was just wrong place, wrong time. Um, and even Montez, like, just seeing Sweat and Chase Young and the boys come over there and, like, really give him a big hug. It, clearly, it's not intentional. You know, it's football. It's a high-paced game. Dudes are literally flying each other at 265-plus pounds on O-lines and D-lines, so... Things like this happen, but uh, yeah, Joe Burrow out for all of 2021, folks. Yeah, and I was just gonna um, to piggyback off what Joe said. I, I really hope Clay Thompson doesn't turn into a Derrick Rose situation. Oh, I know. Uh, They're totally God, different players, Derek Rose. but yeah. uh, Derrick Rose, uh, he lost all his bounce and is well, he's still in the league. He's a journeyman. He's still he's a shell of himself, though. So it's too bad. Too bad, anyway, man. Yeah, just to wrap up here, um, speaking of NFC playoff teams, we've got a huge Monday night matchup tonight uh, between LA Rams and Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Tampa sitting at 7-3, and three, while LA is 6-3. and three. So we've got uh, seasoned vet and uh, many people's greatest of all time quarterback, Tom Brady, versus uh, new wave Jared Goff, who we all think is a bus and not very good. Uh, so guys... Just give me your keys for each team tonight, and then uh, who you think is going to win. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, um, I, yeah. I mean, okay. If I'm Bruce Arians, uh, you got to keep you got to keep the run trying to go. I mean, the Rams' defense is. It. I mean, it's going to be a battle. The two defenses. I think we can both say that. I think we can all say that. But um, you got a lot of weapons on offense. If you're Tampa Bay, you got to mix things up. Um, whatever Antonio Brown did with the security camera, like you got to keep feeding the ball to him. You know, he's a good receiver aside from his grievances outside of the league, you know, feed Antonio Brown, the ball. Uh, you got Evans, you got Godwin mix things up. I would stay the hell away from Leonard Fournette. I'm sorry, but you know what? Keep road, give this kid a chance to stick with the team. Uh, fine. You want to throw a couple of dink and dunk passes to Leonard Fournette as a slot receiver. Fine. But Keep the ball on Rojo. Hopefully the kid doesn't fumble the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, that should give Tampa Bay a chance. I, I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay should win this game. I mean, uh, if the Rams get to Brady a bit, it'll be interesting. 
you know, yeah, you got decent guys in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but I just, I can't trust Goff. I mean, look what the Dolphins did to Jared Goff, you know. I'm not trying to dis discredit the Dolphins, but, uh, you know, it's, the Rams are who they are. You know, Dolphins I really, don't have the pass rushers that Tampa Bay do. Yeah. Just you know, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you got a Jason Pierre-Paul. You got I I pick on the guys from Tampa Bay's because I think their names are funny. I like to do that with a lot of players in the league, but you got a lot of guys. Uh, don't they still have? Doesn't Tampa have Nadamigan Sue, yep. or is he injured? No, he's there. They, they do. Yeah. So and he's played yeah. like old Nadamigan Sue, which is great. Yeah. So if you if you guys were to ask me a score prediction for tonight, I would have a hard time picking on that. I would say. I don't know. Let's say I give the Rams, I give the Rams 17. Uh, I'm going to give Tampa Bay. I say something like 32, 17 Tampa Bay. Oh, not blowout. Yeah. I think 30, 24 Tampa Bay. Interesting. I think, I think that it's going to be a really slingy, slingy back and forth game. Um, the Rams really need to figure out how to get Woods established again uh, and make him, and even Cooper Cup again, to get him going in the offense. Uh, and they have this really weird thing going on at RB, and it's just making me so uncomfortable. Like, it just seems that they can never pick one running back and stick with it. And, like, all those girly haters out there need to shut their mouths now because you can see how vital that boy was. Um, the girly, yeah. Yeah, like, Henderson is a big back who's just pounds his way in. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm Brown's a catching back that they throw in there right after. And you're you like, and then you throw in the it, Cam Akers will play on third down. And you're just like, what is going on? Like, have one or two is fine, but using all three is just, it's just like indie. It's like, who do you use? You know what I mean? And from a fantasy perspective, I am, it's, I have Malcolm Brown on my bench and he won't move from there this year. Jake's got Henderson, I think. Yeah, but That's he's also been to forced play to play him. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Chris Carson doesn't care about you fantasy owners. Yeah, what an asshole. Jesus. Anyways, boys, yeah. anything else? Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with stuff. you guys. I I would have Tampa 28 to 20. Um, uh, I, the Rams defense is the only thing that really excites me about that team. Goff is not really um, set the world on fire. Uh, I think Tom throws for... Uh, let's say two touchdowns. Rojo gets in for one. I guess I'm leaving one touchdown out. No, Tom's throwing for three. Screw it. <laughs> I need it tonight. Not that I should be fine. I mean, against Ty, shout Ty out had, to Ty. Ty had <laughs> suck up and Evans, Evans, and I have Brady, Henderson, and Godwin. So if I lose, I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> yeah, you lost by two last week. Sorry about that, man. Yeah, it's because <laughs> of Jason Tuck. Justin Tucker, excuse me. If he didn't kick the field goal, I would have beat you. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm super pumped about that, to be honest. I was like, yes, beat the 8-1 and one team. Then I go to Joseph and I lose a guy who's on a four-game schneid. Ooh. Ah, fantasy football, you son of a bitch. Off the schneid. Yeah. Off the yeah, schneid. That's, that's literally how the cookie crumbles in fantasy. Yes, it does. Well, uh, yeah, that'll about wrap it up today for the Sports Dojo podcast. Uh Big thanks to my guests today, Andrew Sutton and Joseph Bernacki. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you, yeah. Time.